Welcome to the Road Tripping PT Podcast. I'm Tyler, and along with my co-host and wife, Carrie, we are two traveling doctors of physical therapy. What started as an idea to document our travels and the interesting conversations we have with people across the country has turned into this podcast. Join us as we talk all things, including travel therapy, our adventures, and interview strangers turned friends throughout our travel assignments. Welcome to the show. It's been a while though. We haven't chatted in a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Life um, gets busy when you're a working yes. schmuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for joining. I guess I'll just get started. Uh, if you want to give sure. a little bit of background, I, we were classmates at Loma Linda. So what are you doing now? And give a little background on your setting. Um, right now I'm working outpatient ortho. I'm a clinic director in Southern California. It's called in the area, it's called, uh, Lake Elsinore. And I guess that's, uh, South Riverside County ish. So yeah, it's a busy outpatient clinic. I mean, as busy as it can be right now with COVID maintaining the regulations and the, you know, the distancing within the clinic. Luckily I have a very large facility, so that's been pretty easy. So nice. Yeah. Well, uh, I was going to say, thanks for waiting for me. I just got off the phone with Vanessa and she wanted me to tell you, she said, hi. Um, Oh, nice. Say hi back. (laughs) I will. So uh, one thing I wanted to ask you, so I know you work in the outpatient setting and I think that was kind of where you wanted to head all along. You're very into sports and being active, but you are quite the avid runner, like marathons, multiple miles. So I wanted to ask, are you running every day? I run six days a week usually. Yeah. So, um, it just, I used to run only five days a week, but I just got into a training program where it's it. Um, I used to run nothing less than 10 miles a day. And then uh, I got into a training program to, uh, try and break three hours. And that one it's called the Hansen's method. It just, I followed a plan and it was six days a week and it varied the miles. So I'd have an easy day every once in a while. That was like six or seven miles instead of, you know, past 10 every day. So yeah, it's keeps me sane. <laughs> so. so I wanted to, so right now, last I know you were just working at the uh, ortho clinic. Are you in a manager position now? Yeah, I'm the clinic director. So with COVID, I, before COVID, I was moved up to assistant director in our other clinic facility in Murrieta. And after the, that, I got sent to Elsinore because the clinic was losing money. And so they furloughed the entire staff, except for a couple aides and their office manager. And they sent two of us over and we did well. We ran it well. And they asked me to stay on as the director. So now I'm the director of the clinic. Nice. So Aaron, let me ask, can you hear yeah. my dog barking, Aaron? <laughs> Okay. Let me go <laughs> yeah, tell him. Let me move him. He just won't sure. shut up. Sure. <laughs> Carrie just got home and he is going crazy. I knew you could probably mm. hear him. Ah. <laughs> so no big deal. Uh, well, I want to get into specifically talking about OCS and your work in outpatients. So how yeah. soon after we graduated, because it's, I think we've been practicing for a little over four years now roughly it's going to be five in june five is it five okay (laughs) so how soon after because i think you did a a residency correct yeah i went i i actually literally went to work 
I went to school to work at the facility I got hired at. They, I was treated there as a patient and I really love the place. It's kind of like, I don't know, a weird way of saying it. it's like cheers. It's very social. It's very uh, upbeat. Um, they have cardiac therapy. They have speech therapy. They have occupational therapy, um, aquatic therapy. So it's a very big facility. Everybody was really fun. Um, my boss, his wife, they both graduated from Loma Linda like us. It, it was just, I loved being there. It's so much fun. And I even did some of my rotations there. Anyway, so <clears throat> I literally, we graduated on Sunday and my boss said, Hey, you know, why don't you come in? I had already interviewed for a position and he says, why don't you come in on, on Thursday for a meeting? And I said, okay, come in for Thursday for a meeting. And he goes, let's just start working. So I just went to work full time from there. So, <laughs> and so that was June and they have a residency through Rancho Physical Therapy. And so the residency started in January. So I did it just, I mean, six months and rolled That's right awesome. into it. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Do you yeah. think uh, skill wise, it helped a lot between the residency and then getting your OCS? Um, I think it helps a lot with skill. Uh, I was followed four hours a week by uh, a mentor. And so I was graded a couple times, the weekend classes and, and the manual skills that we use. Um, I think, honestly, one of the huge benefits is it's, you know, in school, we learn to test, 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 right? It's kind of like learning how to find the pattern faster shortcuts. I see the moment somebody is talking to me, I've already decided what's wrong with them. And then I prove myself right or wrong, basically with my, my manual testing. Gotcha. So it helped me a lot with feeling like I wasn't as lost. Cause I feel like you, you get out and you're like, people are asking you like, how long is it going to take me to get better? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> so <laughs> It helps with that kind of stuff. <laughs> that is a big deal. I had, I have that still. So we've been traveling so much. So I'm kind of like in and out, some outpatient, some skilled nursing, um, but I just had that this week. Someone had like a ligament injury and they're like, well, how long? I was like, I'm going to have to kind of look into that. Cause that's a hard question to answer anyways, let alone when you don't yeah. do that as like all the time and especially specializing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, you can go back to the pathology and, and the time of healing. I say, you know, ideally it's going to be this, but if you're going to go and not follow the rules and keep on doing things that injure you further, then it's going to take longer. So I just tend to shoot it back at them and put it, the ball back in their court when that happens. Because I mean, how much is really by the book as, as you've seen, I'm sure out in the clinics, nothing, nothing. <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> it seems so straightforward in school. They're like, okay, test these things. And then you'll just treat this. I'm like, you're right. That really doesn't work like that in any way, let alone if they're going to do their home exercises half the time. Yeah. Or all of the tests are going to be positive. That's my favorite. <laughs> I was like, everything hurts. All right, let's see. <laughs> so, I do think that's what like, they, uh, mm. I feel like that is what they told us in school <laughs> though about doing the OCS was like the pattern recognition, because I, mm -hmm. I had started to read the current concepts that I know I had talked to you about it. And then I just pushed back the test because it's just a lot with travel and I haven't put in the, the same effort, especially because I haven't been in outpatient the whole time. But that is something yeah. every time I go back to outpatient, I struggle with, I'm like, okay, well, I think it's this. And then you end up doing a whole host of special tests. Half your eval time's already wasted doing that. Uh, yeah. So I feel like that'd be a big benefit. Oh, it definitely is. And I mean, for me, 
I'm so busy. I knew if I would have taken a break, I wouldn't have gone back. Cause I mean, the studying and staying on top of the studying when you have a, you know, a family and getting out of the habit and rebuilding the habit of studying again is really, you know, hard with, with a busy life, you know? And I mean, even without the exercise and the other things, I mean, being, it's hard to fit it in when you get off work and you've been treating patients all day, you're, you're done. You don't want to, I don't want to study after work. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't have even near the stuff going on as you do. And even now I find it hard when you get home from work, you're like, I don't really feel like it. But in school, it was just normal. Okay. I'll study till 10 or 11. You just did it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for background, for anyone listening, so you were in PT school, you already had a family. Like yeah. you, have, you have two or three kids. I have two kids. Two kids. I have two kids. Mm-hmm. So you already had your kids and you have your husband who I know works in and out of the country. So you're always you guys are busy all the time. Yep. You found time for school, OCS, and currently training for a sub three hour marathon. Oh, I already did that. I, I did. did make, yeah, I did my, that in uh, November. I was, yeah. So was I was trying to qualify. Breaking? Yeah. I've only done it once. I was trying to qualify for Berlin and then Berlin didn't happen this year. So I'm trying to fit the the top six marathons in the world in. And I've got all of the national ones. I just haven't fit Berlin, Tokyo, and London in. So. Holy cow. Yeah. Those are the ones uh, that I ha- have eluded me so far. So. so are those ones you have to qualify under three hours to go? No, just Berlin, actually. Berlin's the one you have to qualify under three hours. I think Tokyo or Japan's not too bad to get into. And um, London, I can qualify with my times as well. But I don't think I have to run a sub three for it. I okay. just was trying... I was trying to hit Berlin next because I, long story short, I was actually thinking I was going to buy a car and do the drive my car back, but I just bought the car anyway now. So <laughs> I haven't, I didn't get to pick it up in Germany, unfortunately. So I'm just, I just had it shipped here. <laughs> That's cool. So yeah, but yeah, um, I actually have a very weird background. If you, if you don't know, I was, um, so my first major was engineering. And then I got sent to Norway, took a year off in Norway, and I went into business school after I decided that I met my husband at 19. So um, married at 20, almost finished business school in Norway, but decided to have a baby in the middle. So I had an interlude and finished my business degree back here. So I have a business degree first. And I went back to school when my now 15-year-old was five to get my prerequisites to get into PT school. So I didn't know I have that. A, yeah, I have a little bit of a weird background. Yeah. That's a and lot. I've been teaching. Yeah. <laughs> I think the business background actually is really beneficial when you, I mean, and maybe that's why I ended up being in management because I was the top biller in the company. So gotcha. people, they don't teach us to bill our, our insurances correctly. And if you actually read up on what they pay on, you don't waste your time with your, your charges. You just bill what they're going to pay. Because if, I mean, of course you bill what you do because I'm, I'm all on for the ethical, but bill what you do and don't waste your time billing things that insurance isn't going to pay you for. So I feel like that's a huge missing component in PT school. The same thing, like we were saying with the special test, they teach you the very basics. Here's how you don't hurt somebody. Now go out and just yeah. figure out your life. They don't talk to you about finances, including student loans. And they don't teach you anything about the business aspect, except I think we had like one quick 
not even a course, like a day or two lecture. And that was it. Yeah. Like, so anyone that wants to open up a clinic or like you go into a manager position, you either have to have a background or really want to pursue it because you're not going to get it anywhere else. Yeah, it's, it, it, and it is, I mean, I mean, also it's, it's the, one of the benefits of being an older student, I think, because I had, I've been paying bills with my husband. I've been, you know, I've been do, working. I, I never really did the whole like fumbling around and not paying bills. I was married at 20. So I, I've been paying bills. I've been in the real life, not being in a dorm since I don't even know since 1997 when you were probably like, I don't know, <laughs> nine, nine, <laughs> nine or 10. Yeah. yeah. I guess. <laughs> yes. Right around there. Yeah. So yeah. Um, and also I think it's been a benefit. I mean, there's, there's good and bad things. I mean, of course I, I had to wait for my, my, uh, <sighs> career because my husband traveled so much and I, I didn't want to leave the kids home alone. And I mean, I did have to have a nanny to get through PT school, <clears throat> but, um, you know, I won't be taking any maternity leave. So I kind of benefit on the whole progressing my, my career in that way, because my kids, I mean, my youngest is going to get his license in June. So <laughs> my, my oldest son lives in Norway right now. So I, I am pretty Does much it? almost empty nesting. Yeah. My, my son's taking a year off and, and living abroad near with my in-law. He was with my in-laws and now he's doing like a outdoor crazy school thing out there. So that sounds kind of cool. Yeah, it's it's actually I'm jealous. He's like cross country skiing and like hiking over glaciers, ocean kayaking. He's doing. I'm like he's living the dream. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> COVID sucks and it's not good for the teenagers. So I was like, hey, why don't you go take a year off? And he's yeah. like, okay. That's true, especially because so, most yeah. things are online or on Zoom, anyways. So might as well take the time to go do something. Yeah. We were just having that conversation yeah, with. I mean, isn't oh I was gonna say Go we're in that conversation uh Carrie has a student right now who his first rotation got canceled and they still had to pay tuition for it and then now finally the second oh. rotation almost got canceled so she took the student and it's been going really well but most of the classes are online I'm like I don't know if we could have gotten through PT school in that scenario that would have been so hard yeah. Well, I think I survived PT school because we had an amazing class. I mean, I look back at the the friends I made and, and I'm, I, um, I mean, of course I, I was commuting 12 hours a week while you guys were living up there. So if I wouldn't have had little Jen, I would have probably died. I, I mean, she, she kept me honest. She was like, okay, you got this, you got this, right? We're, we, this is due. And I was like, Yes, we're like calendar comparing. And so she kept me on it. She was um, and studying together. I mean, because people and that's another thing that I really benefited from is seeing how other people studied and learning some better techniques, because I, I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't have to study for my bachelor's in business. It was easy because it's not remembering facts all the time. It's it's writing papers and spinning bullshit in front of people, basically. Like I could write a 20 paper, 20 page paper, because I can, I can sell you on whatever I want to, you know? So that's, it's a huge difference. So how is it like being in the manager position now? Do you still treat a good portion of the time? Oh, I treat just as much. <laughs> I can block my, yeah, I can block my schedule. It's actually, it's been very trying. I like that I make the decisions, but um, 
when you start looking at how your clinicians are billing and looking at how people, you know, it's not easy to take off on a vacation. And then I judge others that I work with and, you know, I am a hard worker, so I expect people to work hard. So I think I ended up in the position that I'm in because I'm direct, but they also like me because I'm not slacking. I'm not chatting. I mean, I am chatting, but you know, I, I, I try and keep my clinic in a pretty positive uh, place, but I do work with a clinician who's not as fun to work with, but you know, I, I manage it. I think, okay. <laughs> so yeah, managing people. And, and also I took on a very old building. So I have a lot of building stuff to deal with. So it gets a little bit overwhelming because I have aquatic therapy in my, in my building. And of course, you know, they're all the building things. They're like, Oh, well, this is wrong with the building. You're like, okay, well, they don't teach you how, what all these things are and who's responsible and how do I fix these things? So it's not only treating your patients, you're, you're managing your staff, your building and the staff with everybody, anybody who comes into contact with anything COVID, I have to send them home. Then I'm working short staffed and then I have to quarantine them. And I have to trust that they're actually quarantining when I, you know, have sent them home. So it's been challenging. It's been a challenging year, but I'm sure it's been a challenging year for all of us, you know, to work in this. So. Yeah, that yeah. sounds like a lot, <laughs> a lot to add when you're in the manager position compared to the typical eight to five as a therapist. Yeah, it is. It is. But I mean, it's also, it's also fun because I'm, I guess, I guess I'm kind of bossy anyway. So it just works out for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I bring this up only because I literally just spoke with Vanessa not too long ago. The place she's mm-hmm. working at in Colorado, she is a rehab director at like a long term oh, nice. uh, type facility. And I was like, Vanessa? And then she's the guy she's dating is like ex-Marine. So mm-hmm. he's been really good. She's like, he tells me, you got to be direct and tell him. Because <laughs> Vanessa's <laughs> very chill. So she's she's been working on it. Um, but yes, I feel like I could see you just saying it, like say it how it is. So <laughs> I can't even picture Vanessa, but she's so, I mean, she's so like go with the flow, like a hippie. So <laughs> <laughs> I think she's changing. She's getting, she okay. was very on, when I talked to her, we joked afterwards. I was like, you're very serious now. Very professional. She's like, you know, got to do it in the clinic. So yeah. Yeah. yeah for sure. <laughs> That's so, funny. Is she inpatient? She or is she? Like, um, so she did home health for a while, which she said kind of helped prepared her. So to go on what you were saying, we don't get a okay. lot of um, instruction on how to manage people. We don't get instruction on how to manage like a business. So she was doing home health for a while and she felt that helped prepare her because she had to create her own schedule, call patients, call doctors. And so a position opened up at a, not a sniff, but like a long-term living where they're kind of independent. So, um, they needed a rehab director and she's been running it. She has a PT and a PTA and OT and an OT, a CODA working under her. So she says it's been a good experience. But definitely awesome. like uh, on the job learning because we don't get a lot of managerial experience. Oh yeah, you get put in the position, and you're just like, all right, I'm gonna just wing it because it just a lot of stuff happens. You're like, okay, what do I do now? But luckily, my regional director, every time I have something, I'll I'll text him, I'll call him, and be like, all right, I don't know what to do now. What do I do about this? Or you know, like things like writing up your your. I had to. I almost had to write up my office manager the other day. 
So it's just like stuff like that, writing people up. I don't know what to do. And if you don't write people up, you kind of get screwed in the end because not, not that I wanted to let, I don't want to let her go or anything. And that wasn't my, that wasn't my goal with it. It was just that I have to be consistent with the way I treat my employees so that if it comes up later on, if I do need to let somebody go that I've taken the proper steps to do it and that it's going to be legal and then I'm, and it's fair because I've written others up for doing the same thing, but that they've accrued points. It's a point system where I can actually let them go. Gotcha. So. mm -hmm. Yeah. Much, much different than just a typical caring for patients. So uh, for anyone, I guess, coming out of PT school that wants to go into that, whether it's business, uh, like their own type of business or go into a manager position, has there been anything that you found really helpful for advice? (laughs) Mostly just my colleagues. I mean, just because I lucked out that I'm very good friends with my boss and his wife, and they both work for the company. So it's just, you know, I went through their residency and it's just, whenever I'm in doubt, I've, I've got a pretty, it's, it's kind of like a family, the company I work with. So whenever something I don't know what to do, I just lean on my other colleagues. So, um, they tend to bring most of the directors from our primary site where I started anyway, because that's where the residency goes through. So it kind of attracts that kind of individual, so if you want to be, a, we had one of our residents in that I actually graded, he was living an hour away and commuting just to work in our facility. And he lived in Pacific beach because he wanted to be in our facility where the residency was. Wow. So yeah, it's, it's, it, you know, I, I mean, it's funny because Dr. Sims does comes into our company and does our, um, our ethics class for us every year. Does he? So we, mm-hmm. Yep. Dr. Sims knows my boss and his wife and yeah. Cool. And they, he's there every year, even well, we did it zoom this year. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, so I want to ask, I don't know how you find time for everything. So what do you, you teach Pilates and you run and you work um, like what's a typical <laughs> day for Aaron look like? Uh, well, I mean, I, I don't teach Pilates. I teach weightlifting. Um, the gym has closed right now. So I have kind of continued to teach a couple of my core training, um, buddies. So they'll come to my house. Actually, my kids don't use our, our game room anymore. So I converted it into a gym. Actually, my husband did that for me for Christmas and I have a a gym upstairs now in the house. And so I'll do, I'll teach like two weightlifting classes a week, but I kind of consider my weightlifting classes. Um, I consider them like physical therapy on steroids basically, because it's all runner prehab rehab kind of stuff. Um, but an overall body fitness kind of thing that I, I've always taught for LA fitness at, since I living in the States and, um, now anyway, they're closed right now, but I just continued to teach at those same times, my friends involved, um, I did, I did recently quit, um, going to Pilates because it's just, yeah. My husband doesn't want me going to a Pilates studio with the COVID stuff going on. Um, so I do have a Pilates reformer in my facility. I've gotten that to happen. So I just have to take the time to do that outside of it. Um, but I think since I've always been an athlete, I was a gymnast since I was five. Uh, I was a kickboxer. I was, 
a field hockey player. And my kickboxing coach in high school used to knock on my window at 4.30 in the morning. So if I don't get up, <laughs> if I don't get up and go for a run or work out, I'm really not good at night stuff. The hardest thing I do is ever teach at night. So um, it's, and I honestly, that's how I deal with my stress. And I think it's so ingrained in me that if I get up, like I get up at 4.15, 4.30, I go for on my normal day, it's about a mile run. So I run eight miles before I go to work on Monday. Then I do, and Tuesday's my rest day. So I just do an hour weightlifting. Um, Wednesday, I do speed work. So about 10 miles with, you know, speed intervals in them. Um, Thursday's eight miles. Friday's eight miles. Um, Saturday's my long run, usually. Um, usually anywhere from 10 to 20 miles, depending on what I'm training for. And Sunday, I usually run about eight miles and then do a weightlifting class with my friends. And so that's my, my week. I try and fit in an hour of Pilates too. I'm actually leaning towards teaching yoga again, just because I need it. <laughs> I'm starting to feel my age. <laughs> so, but yeah, if I don't do it in the morning, I'm done. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. I see you posting all the time. And that's why yeah. I was asking. I was like, man, I feel lazy. I got up at six 30. <laughs> I like how you said yeah, well, you save, uh, all your, all your runs, eight mile, 10 mile. And then my long run, I was like 90% of people have heard 10 miles and they're like, that's a long, that's a long run. Yeah. Yeah. But when you become a distance runner, it's like anything under an hour. I think the shortest I run is like six miles, but it's, it's, I kind of ingrained it. I would say that being a distance runner is almost like being an alcoholic because you don't always want to go. But if you don't go, you're obsessing over it all day. So it's literally like, as soon as you do it, my brain's like, all right, you're done. You're good. And then I can go on with my day. Like so calm it's, and it's, you can, yeah. 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 And each time one of my employees does some crappy, stupid thing, I don't freak out. I just, I have my Zen because I've already been for my run and I'm like, all right, how am I going to, it always helps me take that step back because I'm sure you've seen how crazy some patients can be. I mean, treating patients during this election and this pandemic and the amount of patients who think that I'm on the same page as them and the crazy things I hear in those rooms, I just sit there and I just, oh, okay, nod my head and I'm, and I'm not going to get into it with this person. I don't care what their politics are. I'm here to help them get better. So it, it, I, if I didn't run, I think I might say something stupid. So... <laughs> Uh, I feel like I had that same scenario just this last week. Yeah, between COVID and the election, it doesn't matter what side you're on, but someone will come in and you're doing like, a right now I have a one-on-one 45-minute sessions with everybody. That's more, oh, wow. yeah, it's definitely, it's nice because you get to do whatever you want for that 45 minutes, but plenty of time for people to start just talking about whatever, Mike, all right, let's just, I'm going to keep doing my suboccipital release while you just chat away see that's why you work out so you don't hurt them <laughs> <laughs> yes it does oh, it me stress i'm the same way if i don't do some type of activity in i do afternoon but if i don't the rest of the night and the next morning i'm like ah i should have done something mm -hmm. too much mm -hmm. energy yeah yeah you're lucky and not lucky with 45 minutes i mean i can have 45 minutes with a medicare patient if i want to but um usually I'm at 15 minute slots and 30 minute with Medicare and other federal payers. But other than that, I mean, 
Yeah, I want the longest to ask, amount of time. Um, yeah, go ahead. About your type of setting. So I know that the different types I've worked in, because um, my very first one we did the typical, I might do 30 or 45 with the Medicare, but other insurances, you may be working with multiple at once. And I've been to a few clinics, like the one currently, it's a hospital-based outpatient. Everything's 45 minutes, eval, treat. I can have them if I want. There is a PTA, uh, but there's like a benefit and a downside. The benefit, if you really got something you need to work on or uh, whether it's a total knee and you really need to do some joint work on it, whatever it is, great. Mm -hmm. But there's times where that 45 minutes can drag on and you really don't need it. So what type of setting is yours and like what, you know, with your type of treatment sessions, how are they? Um, anybody who is, yeah, most insurances get 15 minutes. My evals are 30 minutes, but if it's multiple body parts, I will adjust it to 45 minutes. Um, depending on, on the pair source, just because, I mean, we can't afford to spend an hour with a HMO that barely pays us enough to treat their patients. So I, I try and keep those to the 30 minute slot for the eval, um, 15 minute treats. If they're an easy patient, if I have a patient who needs 30, then I just specify. Um, so on a bad day or on, <laughs> if I get in unlucky, I might have four patients in an hour, but I do have, um, I do what is skilled and then I have aides around me. Um, I have a pretty good team. So I have one other PT in, in my clinic and I have one and a half PTAs depending on what we, we've got going on. And I've got about two aides and my office manager. So I just, we basically, okay, somebody's got an aquatic, if somebody's got an aquatic uh, treatment, then they'll, they'll have maybe they might have two of my patients if my assistant has got them. Cause I'm, I kind of feel like every once in a while, I don't mind sitting in for an aquatic therapy, but is it very skilled? No. So I can hand that off to my assistant. So we might have him in the pool for an hour and a half because he gets a couple pool patients back to back. But um, yeah, so generally about 15 minutes, I do my manual work with them. Um, if it's easy and I'm, I'm ready to move them on, then I might do a couple of their new things with them and then I'll keep the rest of their stuff the same. So anything I'm going to change, I do with them. And then I, uh, it's, it's close enough to where I can jump in and out and be like, Hey, I'm going to change this now on you. And Hey, I'm going to do this on you. And I'll ask my aide to kind of adjust a little bit like, Oh, I want them to do this time instead, but it's, it's, it's very busy, but it's short ish treatments. Yeah. But I think you just have to focus on being on time and, and doing what's important with them before you hand them off. So I just try and change like one or two things between them. So I'll be like, okay, that's your home exercise. Like when I do an eval, I give them five to six exercises because that's what research shows. If you give them more, they're not going to do it. So I do about five or six things with them. Okay. That's your home exercises. I'm never going to make you do a chin tuck again in the office, as long as you're doing them at home. Right. Yeah. So then I take the chin tuck out and I add it into the chin tuck into like a wall lift or, you know, into quadruped that I'll incorporate the same activity, but into a different exercise. So I just try and build from the home program. And if, if they never even do their home program, I'm not going to waste my time on them either. So the more patient gives me, the more I give them. So yeah. I have patients that I um, definitely put way more effort in, even if they have a bad payer source It's just, if they're going to go for it, I'm going to give it. Yeah. So if that answers your questions or if I went on to a crazy no, that tangent. Was, that was perfect. <laughs> Just see, I, I wanted to give some people ideas of 
like there's so many different types of settings, uh, but that's one that I'm kind of familiar with and how I try to do it with some of mine is, okay, here's some simple things you do at home, but ideally you shouldn't come in and just do that same six things every, every treatment. I want to do something different. Like you, are you doing good on those verbally? You agree they're good. Okay. Let's move on. That's, that's you. Mm -hmm. You don't do those at home. You're not going to make progress. Here's where we focus on, okay, I really got to cue some scapular mechanics or whatever it is, spend the time doing Mm -hmm. something that really they can't do on their own. Yeah. Yeah. Um, actually the great thing about the company I work for is they have a really good uh, software and the software that they have, we have an app. So if I change any of their home exercises, it populates into the app so they can swipe their exercises on an app. And even if they want to give me feedback on their exercises, it comes up into my, um, the side of my screen on my feed of, of like, I have cosigns, but below that I have notes from patients on exercises. That's fancy. If, if they do it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say that a lot of, I think it's because of the payer mix. I, I live in a more affluent area than I am a director in the clinic of, I mean, so I think that a certain age groups and that's the thing is like our company wants to use it as research to see how patients do when they're actually doing their exercises, but it's hard to get people because, you know, we're all on overload from all of the apps and all of the social media. So it's last thing they want to do is some of them will do the app, but I don't think as many people will do it as the company wants to do. So, but it's there if they need it. Yeah. No, that's a nice, I hadn't heard of that before. Yeah. Yep. It's called Optimus. I don't know what other companies use it outside of ours, but Optimus owns us and owns a couple other companies as well. And that's, that's a general documentation system as well. Optimus PT, right? Yeah. I think I've used Optimus once before. Yeah. It will actually help you diagnose because it helps recognize clinical patterns. So if you put in the tests that that you find positive with your patient, if you're kind of like, Oh, is it rotator cuff syndrome or is it scapular dyskinesia? You know, you start putting in your, your positive tests and it kind of marks off what's right and what's probable. So it's kind of an, a pretty cool program. I, I like it a lot. So I wanted to ask, did you know when you, like you, I guess you said you had your job pretty much set out for you, but you knew it ortho was always where you're headed. Oh yeah. Yeah. I hated neuro. I mean, I do treat a lot of vertigo. I'm not going to lie to you because, okay. I, and, that, and that's kind of close to my heart because my grandma had men's disease. And so I made sure that I followed it on all my rotations. Like my boss's wife treats it too. So she was my CI and I was like, Hey, I want to be in everything that you do with vertigo. So I do treat a lot of vertigo, um, which is about as much neuro as I care to. Um, don't really think I'm have, I think it takes a special person to really work neuro because it's, I don't have the patience for it. I really don't. So it's, just like I could never do what your wife does. I mean, she's amazing working with kids. I love my own children. I could not do other kids. I couldn't. I say the same thing. They're playing around all day. It's got to be exhausting. And then not only is the oh, yeah. buy-in. I mean, with... I... Oh, oh I... no, the buy-in with the, the <laughs> kid say, and the parent. <laughs> uh, yeah, the buy-in with the parents got to be hard because it's not just one patient. Now you're like, okay, well, this is good for your child. You got to try and do it. Like that's, that's a lot. 
I mean, I treat, I, I think the youngest I've treated is six years old. And that like made me want to pull my hair out because they have the patient, they have the attention span of a cat, you know, it's like chasing cats. You're like, okay, no. And they're like done after two things. And you're like, okay, how do I get them to do what I need them to do the whole time? <laughs> like the longest treatment ever. I make this fun now. <laughs> well, it sounds like you're doing pretty well in your setting and you enjoy it. Is your clinic a, uh, like there's multiple clinic sites? I, I'm not sure what we're at right now. We were probably uh, 17 or 19 in Southern California, but we're affiliated with another a company where they have places in Florida as well. So, um, it's, it's mostly Southern California, but I think they're 17. Gotcha. I think <laughs> that's big. Well, um, that was helpful. I just want to sit down and make sure I got a little touch and base on what it's like to be an out, like solid outpatient PT. You got your OCS found it very helpful. Yes. Is there anything else you'd like to add for anyone that's considering OCS or going to be finishing that would be beneficial that you can think of? You know, I always just liken it with how good do you want to be? I mean, I hated feeling lost because when you graduate, you just have this, this, all these, this skill set, but you don't have all the time to just funnel through and pick and choose. You don't have an hour with each patient. So it's the best way to get the shortcut. You find the patterns faster. You're, you, um, gives you so much more confidence. I would say that you have five years experience is what I've heard from doing the residency and, and doing that just because it just makes you so much more efficient and sure of yourself. <laughs> Cause I mean, you know, right after PT school, you're like, all right, this is a lot. Yeah. I'm trying to learn how to document. I'm trying to learn how to treat my patients. I'm trying to learn how to manage my time. So it's really good for the time management that you get out of it. I would, I would say. Well, and a big part for me um, that's also, I think, not thought about is interaction with patients. Like I never worked as an aide. I had some jobs where I would talk to people, but that's a big deal. That's a learning curve as well. So I, I feel like the mentorship in OCS could probably be pretty helpful for people that are nervous about that as well. Yeah. And also I think it helps you with directing your evals because your patients think that you have the whole entire day for just them. And, you know, building that skill set of driving your evaluation and uh, having the ability to stop them from taking your whole day, but still having them think that they got what they needed from you in that time frame. You know, it's, it's, you got to be able to drive the whole situation without them feeling like you were being rude with them. They're going to buy in more if they believe in you. So, so how long was your residency? It was a full year. We started in January and graduated in December and I took boards in what March something. So it was, it was long, <laughs> it was long and hard. And how were, if you had to compare the board exam for OCS compared to the general PT exam difficulty wise? I would put it as similar just because, you know, the thing is, is if you're like, for me, like I passed neuro, I did well enough, but my interest didn't lie in, and, and, and which I shouldn't say that I love a lot of neuro, but I didn't want to treat it, but you're interested. You, you hold on to things that are more important to you and more, 
what you want to work with. So when you're an ortho in the OCS, you're you're working with it the whole time. So it's interesting, and you're hands on, and you already you're already doing the job. So it, it's a harder test, but it's also what you're working with. So the worst part about it for me was the hand because I was like, we have hand therapists. I don't want to know. <laughs> so like, I'm sending them to the hand people. <laughs> can I just not be tested on that portion? Yeah. Can we stop there? Like, I don't care. <laughs> I feel like that's his own gig too. Like that's so, so specific at the first clinic I was working at, we had a hand therapist. So elbow down, I was like, well, I can forget all of that because they're going to be way better. Yeah, they are, except for they don't look at cervical radic in that kind of way. So, I mean, that's why a lot of, I'm seeing a lot of physicians force the patient to go to PT. And then I'm like, this is just this, you are going to. So then I refer out to our, our, um, occupational therapist in our facility. Gotcha. Once you clear the neck, you refer them out. Yeah. I mean, especially if it's something I don't want to work with, if it's simple, fine, I'll take it, Mm -hmm. but I don't want to be working on any, uh, trigger fingers or, you know, we were just, my husband and I were laughing about the, the dupe, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to treat that. <laughs> if, if you had like an ulnar palsy into your pinky, I don't, lesion, I don't want to see it. Like, no, thank you. <laughs> Move on. Move on. <laughs> yes. I'm like, Oh, you need an, a hand therapist. I could help you, but you'd be way better off is what I always tell them. I want to send you to the specialist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hey, you get that buy-in right there. Now the hand. Yep. Ah. Yep. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, I appreciate you sitting down and giving a little input on that. Yeah, no, it's fun. I mean, it would be, I've been following you and Carrie and all your travels and been jealous. But I was like, okay, maybe once again, I'll get to travel. Because in all honesty, all my running that I do, I like to travel. Because I, that's why I paced marathons too, because I get to see other places and use my running to get out. I remember you told me that, I think during PT school, because you'd always mm-hmm. be going somewhere new. You're like, oh, we're going to whatever state. I'm running a marathon. I was like, okay, so you base all your travel around a marathon. A lot, yeah. of, it, a lot of it, at least. I like to. I was supposed, I just, I think the last race I did is I paced the Napa Valley Marathon because I love wine. So <laughs> it's like, let's go to Napa. All right. <laughs> I do feel like when I follow you, like when we see you post on Instagram, I'm like there's a consistency about Sunday. It looks like exercise followed by a glass of wine. Um, yeah, I had was it New Year's or no, we, we, the girls who I allow to come because I am trying to be responsible and stay in small groups. Um, the girls who come to my class are close friends and we have celebrated with a mimosa after our, our runs sometimes. But yeah, I actually am in the, I'm in the cleanup phase of January. I, I promised no sugar for the month and only one glass of wine a week. So cleanup time. There you go. <laughs> yeah. But. All right. Well, thanks, Aaron. Appreciate it. No, it was fun. It was fun chatting with you. I need to, it would be fun to hear about you guys more, but. Well, you got any questions you want to ask? Yeah. What are, where you guys are in California right now, right? We are. Um, do you know where Arcata is at? Um, uh, Eureka. Mid, middle California. North, uh, do you know where Redding is at? Very far Northern California. Oh, wow. No. So I if you basically, we are, I, I think uh, around two hours South of Oregon on the coast. Oh, nice. So that sounds uh, beautiful. 
it's very nice. Redwoods are everywhere. Um, we live like I can look at redwoods right out of our window that we're renting and I drive nice. a mile and I'm on the 101. I look at the bay and then I arrive at work in 10 minutes. Oh, that's awesome. It's a pretty good setup. So are you an outpatient right now? Or are you in? I, uh, I am. So this is our, our best one that we've gotten in regards to working close. So Carrie works mm. in the hospital as the only PT and I work 10 feet out the hospital door at the outpatient based hospital setting. That's awesome. Uh, it's that's been, awesome. Been good. So yeah, I've been jealous of your guys' travels. I'm like, I think they have literally found some of the most beautiful places uh, to hike and see while you're out. So you guys are doing it right before you settle down <laughs> and have kids <laughs> and plant into a, a house. Like I'm the opposite. Like I, I've been planted in the house. And I need to leave to find, you know, <laughs> different things out there. Mm -hmm. No, we've been, yeah. we've been really lucky. We, I did, honestly, I would have never thought that I would have went this route and it's been, I think over three years of travel and Maine was, I mean, one of the most beautiful, um, we had a great time there, but it's been nice being out here a little closer to family, but still with everything going on, it's, it's not yeah. like we're doing much. Yeah. Um, just to touch on the housing. Vanessa just bought a house. Oh, that's awesome. And you know, I told her, I was like, you and I, I think switch lives. I'm being the gypsy lifestyle and you own a house <laughs> and you're stable. I was like, Vanessa, what happened? She met a like stable dude. Like when she, when I saw her get together with that guy, I was like, what? Okay. Like, yep. <laughs> Ex-Marine. I was like, Vanessa, really? I was like, okay. Yeah, I guess. Well, I guess opposites attract. I mean, my husband's an introverted engineer and I'm definitely not introverted and I'm definitely not sitting still. Let's put it that way. <laughs> uh, yes. Oh, wow. Well, that's awesome. Are you guys going to settle down soon or are you guys going to travel for a bit longer? We, we always go back and forth. So I think right now we still plan on traveling a little more. Um, I don't, we don't know where we want to live. Unfortunately, PT's almost given us too much freedom because there's jobs everywhere. Like you, yeah. So right now a big part is we're trying to pay off loans. So travel has been really helpful for that, but it, it slowly wears on us not having like a stable place. So it's because we don't own a house. So when we go to yeah. my parents' house, it's kind of our home base, but we're trying to figure out if we want to live somewhere else other than California. So, yeah. Yeah, I will say oh, honestly, awesome. Maine, uh, Maine is up there for top places potentially. Really, that's interesting. I know I mean, it looked beautiful. I just didn't really. I've never thought of Maine. Everybody leaves here to go to Idaho. It seems like or Arizona or Texas. You know, I not. will say Idaho and Texas. We want to check out. We didn't like Houston a whole lot. That was too big of a city. Yeah, uh, yeah. But Idaho, we've heard good things. We just haven't had an assignment there. But that's one place we do want to check out. Yeah, it's just gotten expensive. It's like for me, I'm looking at like property prices now. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> well, I mean, for me, I'm not leaving California. If I leave California, I'm going to Norway. So I, we have land in Norway. So eventually we're going to, you know, I'd like to. And I thought maybe I'll go into travel PT because then I can actually take 12 weeks off if I want to and not take an assignment because you know, when you're in a like a clinic director position, there is, there's, it's so hard to take time off. Yeah. You know, cause I have to apply 
and make sure there's coverage because I have to hit numbers because I need to see at least 60 patients a week. And if I leave, then my clinic's not seeing enough people to pay the bills. And, you know, it just who, who's going to cover me? <laughs> it's gotcha. like, I was really spoiled in our other facility because before, before COVID, I think we had seven PTs and four PTAs in that clinic. And that's not even talking about their speech therapists, their occupational therapists, you know, it was a, a very large facility. So if one person was on vacation, no big deal. But now, you know, you trim it down for COVID and you, you need to have enough to make the bills, but also not overfill your facility so that the crowding is happening. So taking vacations, like really, really hard. Gotcha. Cause you just don't have the numbers to support basically I th- like, like, well, the, uh, like the income revenue. I, I think they could. It's just, I can't be gone at the same time as the other PT and I, to, to put it in a nice way. Um, she's really good at a, asking for her um, time off ahead of time and I'm not. So <laughs> she's, she's a, an endurance cyclist and she oh like does right across America and stuff like that. So she's very, and she doesn't have a family and she's my age. So she is like every like thing that is circled around, like leaving and traveling for cycling. So um, I'm like, awesome. So I have to juggle around kids sports and family and my husband, well, it's hard for us to make time too, because my husband gets told that he's going to work within, you know, it might be a week that they talk about it. And the next thing I know, my husband's out the door and I don't, I can't plan around him being home and he can't, if he says no to a job, it could be a, you know, a $20,000 loss for our family. Cause he's so in Norway. Sometimes. I mean, this People with COVID, yeah, he this this year he's been gone more because of all the quarantines added on. He was even in China this year, so wow. um, yeah, he was in China. He was some sometimes he's off the coast of Africa, sometimes off the coast of Brazil, um, mostly Norway and England, Scotland, that kind of stuff. But he has been in actually, I think not Brazil this year, but Africa and uh, China were his weird ones this year. Wow. So. Yeah, he leaves and I can't plan around him being home. I'm like, I'd love to plan a vacation, but I don't know when my husband's going to be home. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say that what that is one positive for whenever in the future you start making that transition to Norway is travel PT. Like you said, you do a couple assignments. You're like, okay, I'm going to take a break. Come back yeah. to it. Yeah. I mean, vacation is, I think, one of the hardest things. And I ran into another PT. Um, I think you might have even graduated from Loma Linda as well. He knew a lot of people we knew. And he was just doing home health right now. He's like, the, the you know, the schedule. I make my own schedule. And I was like, I kind of get it. After, you know, having to be at the clinic 8 o'clock, you know, treating until 5 o'clock. And then also all the other things on top of that. It's just, you know, it's you get tied down pretty easy, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So yeah. When are you guys going to have kids? So I'm not positive, but we have talked a little bit about it. Um, nice. One. So part of the whole staying and traveling and trying to pay off the loans, we're trying to get to a point where it's like, if one of us wanted some time off, we'd feel better mm. about just one income, but there's some thoughts out there. I wouldn't say yeah. that it won't be too far off, but it's not happening yeah. just yet. Yeah, she's going to be a perfect little mama. You guys are a cute couple. Plus, she'll know everything about peds. 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm kind of glad that I had kids early because I didn't have any time to think about that stuff. And, you know, all the ifs, ands, and what can happen kind of stuff, you know, I think that's a bad thing about working in therapy. You see a lot of, see a lot of craziness. Yeah. So yeah. all I know is I'm never riding a motorcycle again. <laughs> Seriously. After seeing a TBI. Oh, or- well, I have a lot of professional motocross out here. Oh, do you? So yeah, I have right now I have a internal decapitation. Huh. Um, that's internal? an interesting one. Uh-huh. With the Brown Sacord syndrome. Like I couldn't, I could like they talked about it in PT school, but I've now I've seen it. It's for real. Holy it's, cow. it's insane. Yeah, that was that one's pretty interesting. Um uh rehabbed a one of my favorites. He he dislocated his hip and fractured his uh just at the top of his femur. I'm like not gonna remember the words right now, uh, but non-weight bearing in October and um in the pool with all my old people and his walker and and then in January he uh he competed in A1 uh, motocross so yeah so you, you see some pretty but they're insane athletes i think it's just because i live in like the capital of of motocross so they're pretty insane athletes so Dang. i'm not riding a motorcycle again i've seen way too much <laughs> that's crazy yeah the brand I'm going to forget the name. Brown Sicard. 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 I haven't the even walking, heard of it since... They call it the walk, walking paraplegic. Isn't that what they call them? Honestly, I he haven't heard walk. the term since PT school. All I know is it, okay. it was like a, the symptoms were way, way different than a typical spinal cord injury. Like you. Yeah. It's like pain and, and temperature has gone from one side and, and Okay. Pain and temperature has gone from one side and like feeling is gone. I can't remember. Like he has really weird sensation stuff. Yeah, He's also see. fused from C2 to T2 now. So. Holy cow. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a fun one. And he's like walking and I totally didn't. And he had, he had an AFO and foot drop when I met him and now he's walking in. No, no AFO. I mean, definitely moves not perfect, but I mean, way way ahead of what I ever thought I'd see so it's kind of interesting when you get those things you're like I heard about this one time in PT school let me go back home and read because I have no (laughs) idea what I'm doing now (laughs) yeah that's a unique one really like you're not gonna probably see very many of those ever oh I mean we have another one who had an an internal decapitation I think he's the same in our clinic but he was a race car driver I think but he my colleague treats him but he, again, it, it, it looks like almost like a stroke. It presents almost like a stroke. Wow. With the usually left-sided weakness, basically, from what I've seen. Hmm. But, yeah, it's interesting for sure. But anyway, other than that, it was fun catching up with you yeah. guys. Keep keep posting all those pictures. It's been really fun. I, I try and follow the people that only but put positivity onto um, social media right now. We so. have been unfollowing a couple that I see a lot of negative stuff. It, you yeah. just can't, there's too much going on. I try and just like, look, who's posting something cool, uplifting. Uh, I like seeing yours cause it is positive, but it makes me feel bad if I haven't lifted for the day. So I'm like, I better <laughs> do it. But aside from that, <laughs> yeah, same thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You gotta, and uh, that's the thing. I'm like, all right, follow the people who say positive things 
you know, I don't want to get political on here. I want to see that there are people are putting positivity outside. That's all I want right now. Yeah. Can't you can't focus on all the bad stuff in the world right now. It's too well, much. I wish you luck with uh, the manager position. It sounds like it's going well. Happy everything's going well for you out there. It looks very warm where you're at today. It was freezing on the beginning of my run. It was about 37 this morning, and then it's probably about 70 right now. Southern so. California. Yep. And we're in the desert, so freezing in the night, and then all of a sudden you're in a T-shirt in the afternoon. So I'm not going to complain. A lot of people have less nice weather, and you sound like you have an amazing place there with right on the beach there. It's nice. It's always about 50 or 60 degrees, little rain. Nice. Like, so it's been pretty comfortable. Nice. That's awesome. Thanks for checking out the Road Tripping PT podcast. If you want to follow along with our adventures, learn more about travel therapy, or just get in touch, you can find us on Instagram or on our Facebook page at Road Tripping PT. Hope you enjoyed the episode. See you next time.